Hello, and welcome to episode 87 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and I'm joined once again by Evan Etheridge. What's up, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing fine. Um, hope you're doing the same. Uh, we had a pretty pretty busy week with the Hawks, obviously, trade deadline week. A lot of stuff's going to be popping off all day Thursday, which is madness around the whole league, and uh, the Hawks were no exception to that at all. Um, made a couple of trades, had some things hanging over one of these trades for a few days afterwards. So we can, uh, get into all the trade deadline stuff right now. So we talked last week, we were, uh, going through all the possibilities of what they could do, um, before Thursday's deadline. And I think they did about kind of something that we expect them to do, uh, the kind of guys they acquired, the kind of guys they let go, um, nothing super surprising of what they did. So I can go ahead and, uh, list out the trades here. We can give our thoughts on it. Um, and both the trades happened like pretty much the same exact time. It was kind of weird. They both broke like simultaneously. But the headliner was that the Hawks acquired Sadiq Bay from the Warriors, who he he had just got traded from the Pistons to the Warriors. So pretty much just for the Pistons, he never ended up playing for the Warriors, obviously. Um, but part of a four-team trade with the Warriors, Pistons, and Trailblazers. And the Hawks sent five second-round picks to Golden State, which is... A lot of second rounders, but they are just second rounders at the end of the day. So, yeah, we could just go ahead and talk about this one first and we can get to the Houston trade after. So, yeah, what were your um, initial thoughts on this one? Because just seeing the five first round picks is kind of jar- – or not first round picks, second round picks is kind of jarring, but that was just kind of happening all over the place on Thursday. So, I guess that's just kind of the new thing going on and the front offices is straight on your first, second round picks. So, uh, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you're right. It seems like second round picks, it seems like a big deal. Um, and like in other sports, like that would be a huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. but in, in, in basketball, it, you know, it's really tough to hit on a second rounder. I mean, there's only a handful of guys that, that you can name that have really developed and, and come out of the second round. I mean, I know Jokic and you got Draymond Green and like, obviously some big, some big outliers, but for the most part, um, you know, you're, you're going to do your damage. You're going to get your big, big name guys in the, in the first round. I mean, that's just what the NBA is that the talent is so scarce. It seems um, you know, for a high quality guy like that. But, um, you know, initially I think, I think this is exactly what the Hawks needed. Uh, Sadiq Bay, you know, he's a scorer can, uh, can play the three and four can guard the three and four. He's, he's pretty versatile. Um, and, and he's, he's super cheap, you know, uh, still in a rookie, rookie contract. I think he's, I think he's, you know, only owed what, I'm not sure what the contract is. Maybe it's 9 million next year or maybe not even that much. Um, 4 million but, next year, only 4 million. Four yeah, and a half. Four so we got control over him for two years. I think, you know, overall, I think this was a, a great trade. I think this is what the Hawks needed. Um, you know, depth has been an issue for the Hawks all year long. And so, you know, having him come off the bench, um, you know, especially with, with the injuries we've had, you know, you, you know, you can immediately plug him in if, if he needs to start. So I think this was an awesome trade. Um, but yeah, the, the, this trade kind of lingered, like you said, um, you know, it, it didn't actually go through until yesterday uh, because of some complications with uh, Gary Payton and and the Warriors and, and Portland. Like, uh, we can talk a little bit about that now. But yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on on, on the player and Sadiq and and you know what we had to give up for him? I'm I'm also a fan of this trade. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about Bay last week, I believe, uh, as we were kind of going through possibilities. But he was he is like the guy that was 
the archetype of what the Hawks could get, um, like as far as like contract goes and money. He's on a rookie deal, so they could acquire him without being over the tax, which we'll get into with the second trade, but that trade was a big re- a big reason of doing that trade was to stay under the tax also. Uh, the Hawks just are not going to do that, at least uh, this year. So not nothing too surprising there, but yeah, he's cheap. Um, and he's still a very young guy. He's 23 years old. Uh, really just came into the league in 2020. Like he's super young. He kind of kind of feels like he's been around a little longer than that. Uh, he's played a lot. He played all 82 games last year for the Pistons. Played about every game this year. He's been super healthy, really durable guy. Um, his shooting numbers have taken a slight step back this year, but he's still been pretty solid. Um, 34 and a half percent is nothing great, but it's nothing like God awful either. And look, they don't need him to be like the, the guy. They don't do that. He was kind of the guy on the Pistons, really, and especially this year with Cade Cunningham being hurt. He's been having a lot more responsibility on offense, so maybe a little bit of weight off his shoulders. He's, I mean, I don't, I don't know where exactly he is in the totem pole, but you got to think, you know, Trey DeJounte, Hunter, Bogey, Collins, A.J. Griffin, like all those guys are ahead of him on the totem pole as far as uh, scoring goes and who's going to get the most shots up. So he's definitely going to take a step back, maybe a little bit of adjustment period there because he was taking so many shots with the Pistons. But, um, yeah, I like I like the trade. And as far as sending those uh, picks away go, I'm fine with it. I mean, like you said, the first round picks, the the likelihood of like landing a guy that's going to be productive for you is low. And the Hawks especially have just had zero luck of developing any second round picks like ever. Like I don't even know the last time the Hawks had a good second round pick that was just even like a rotation player, not even a star like some of these teams can develop them into. And, you know, that and on top of Tony Ressler has sold second round picks and there's just no value of doing that as far as basketball goes. You're just selling them to add money to your net worth. Like it's, there's no good basketball reason to sell second round picks. So when you take those two things into account of the Hawks usually not doing anything good with second round picks or selling them, it's better than just to trade them and get a productive guy that's at least proven a little bit. So I know it probably seems like a lot, five picks, but when you look deeper into how the Hawks handle these picks, it's probably the best way of using them, honestly. So it's a fine trade by me. Um, excited to see Bay play. Hopefully he can play tonight as a, we can kind of segue into the whole, I won't say it was a disaster, but the whole weirdness of Gary Payton and the Trailblazers and Warriors, but Bay was not able to play on Saturday when he probably could have against the Spurs. But uh, yeah, we can talk about that now. Um, like I said, it was a four team deal and uh the Warriors sent James Wiseman to get Bay. Then they got Bay to the Hawks, get five first round picks. And then the five first round picks went to Portland for Gary Payton. So a lot of moving parts. But when they bring in Gary Payton, who was on the Warriors last year, they bring him in for a physical. And apparently there's like some core injury to one of his leg muscles, I believe is what it was. And they say he's going to be out for like three months. And apparently the Blazers were trying to cover it up. Yada, yada, yada. We don't have to get too deep into the why where this isn't a Warriors or Trailblazers podcast. But uh, yeah, it was really weird situation. And the trade was up in the air for the past few days until last night during the Super Bowl when I think Woj tweeted out that it was done and um, that the trade was going to go through. But yeah, it would have been real shitty for the Hawks if this thing fell through and that had the Hawks and the Pistons really because they really had nothing to do with uh, the whole situation. So it looks like the little bit of funny business on the trailblazers part there, but uh, yeah. What, what do you think of all this? Cause it's kind of a weird thing. That doesn't happen too much in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked. I felt like this was just fate for Atlanta uh, for something like this to happen. 
Um, but like it was real scummy of of Portland to, you know, hide his injury. Um, you know, Gary Payton said he'd been taking uh Tordal shots trying to to play through the pain and um you know, this is just an awful situation. I mean, like, I know the Warriors have filed a complaint against the, the, the Trailblazers, and, and rightfully so. I mean, what a just shitty organization. Uh, you know, they can never seem to, to build a team around Dame. And I just don't understand, man. Like, this is professional. Like, this is professional basketball. Like, you can't just hide stuff like that and, and expect it not to come to light. Um, so, you know, the trailblazers have whatever's coming their way, but I'm just really glad that, that this ended up going through and, um, you know, we got Bay on our team now, but really the warriors were, were the, you know, the last piece of the puzzle. Um, they, they were trying to stay under the tax for next year. I, I know they save a lot of money by getting rid of James Wiseman. Um, and so I, I had a feeling it was still going to go through, but with it just being up in the air like that, it was just like, you know, just hold your breath, like turn on notifications and, and just wait because I, I know they pushed the day back. Like it was supposed to be Saturday when it was announced and then they moved it back to Sunday. And I was just like, man, I can't take this. I literally can't do this anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I'm glad, I'm glad it finally went through and and hopefully Bay can play tonight and, and, you know, get some, get some good minutes on this team. Yeah. And I'm glad it went through also. And, uh, yeah, like you said with Golden State, they um they they wanted to go through because the money they were saving by getting rid of Wiseman and Gary Payton's like signed for multiple years too on a pretty good deal. So it wasn't like he was just a rental. If Gary Payton was on a one year deal and he was afraid after this year, I don't think this trade goes through. Like I think that was a big part of it also that they would have him for like a couple more years after this. So good thing that happened because yeah, like <laughs> if, if this goes through for the Hawks, it's not like a disaster like it's not like a season ender kind of thing but it would suck like they obviously wanted to trade for Sadiq Bay, and if it fell through and it wasn't their fault or anyone else's fault really except for the Blazers that would suck for all three teams and like you said with Portland I don't know what their plan was I guess they were just had their fingers crossed that Golden State was going to do a physical <laughs> and uh didn't happen so yeah but Oswald that ends well, I guess. Maybe not for the Blazers and the Warriors. It might have some beef, but as far as the Hawks and Pistons go, I guess they're all, everything's good with those two teams. So and that's all I care about. So, yeah, we can uh, move on to the second trade that we got here. Uh, this one is a little less high profile of a deal, but uh, there is an old friend returning to Atlanta in this deal, and it is Bruno Fernando who is coming back to Atlanta along with Garrison Matthews from the Houston Rockets for Justin Holiday. Frank the Tank Kaminsky and two second round picks. So the Hawks end up trading seven second round picks in one day, which they had uh, 14 second round picks over the next seven years. They traded half of them in about a span. I mean, these trades happened at the same time. So in the span of five minutes, they trade away half their second round picks for the next <laughs> seven years. Um, but uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, this uh, deal saved the Hawks a little bit of money, opened up a little um, space to slot City Bay in. Even though he's not making too much money, they still needed uh, a little bit of wiggle room. And they got rid of uh, Justin Holiday's money, which was about $6 million. I think Kaminsky was on the minimum, so just a very minuscule amount of money there. And they get Garrison Matthews, who um, not the most famous guy. Probably a lot of Hawks fans aren't familiar with him. I've heard the name, but to be honest, I'm not too familiar with his game. But apparently he's a good shooter. Um, went through look some of his highlights with him on the Rockets, and he can he can shoot the ball a little bit. Definitely not a guy that's going to change your life or uh, do anything crazy, but he's a guy that could definitely give the Hawks some minutes that they needed from him, and they could he could shoot the ball a little bit. And then Bruno Fernando, um, 
this was a, a speaking of second round picks, a former Hawks second round pick. And uh, he's a center. He's kind of just going to slide, slide into that Frank Kaminsky role of just being the third center on the roster. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got on him. I mean, he's going to play a little bit if Capella or Congo are out or if someone's in foul trouble, he can uh, play some solid defense, not going to really do much on offense, but uh yeah, fine trade on um, fine trade for me. I mean, Holiday and Kaminsky are barely playing, and just sliding those two guys out for two guys that maybe could give a little more seems like a good deal to me. So, yeah, what do you think about this one? Yeah, yeah, like you said, not a not a too crazy of a trade. I, I I'm glad we brought Fernando back. Uh, he's got good chemistry with the guys. It looked like um, everybody was everybody was happy to have him back. Good spirits. Um, you know, he's he's actually gotten a little bit better, I think, uh, especially on the defensive side. So, um, plug him in later in the game when you need depth. Uh, maybe maybe you got a uh, Capella Al for a game or a Kong lose out or something like that. But uh, he's not going to see m- many minutes. Um, but but you're going to get a good good defense out of him, I think, uh, in situational uh, you know situational uh, times. Uh, for Garrison Matthews, he's a guy that you know can shoot the three ball. Um, you know his numbers are down a little bit this year, um, but I think that's just a lack of minutes, really. Um, you know, last year he he was actually getting a lot of solid minutes on, on the Houston team. That was pretty bad. Um, but, but the three ball is there and, you know, maybe he can get a hot and come in and get some valuable minutes for us. You know, these guys aren't going to see a ton of minutes, but uh, maybe they can be productive when they, when they come in. So, um, you know, saving a little bit of money, um, you know, that's what the Hawks love to do is save money. And uh, so, yeah, I think, I think this is a good move. Yeah, definitely. And um, Matthews, he's under contract for, uh, next year and then in 2024 2025 they have a team option for him so he could be around for two two more years and it's about like two million dollars each year so not a lot of money at all and bruno the rockets gave him a contract too uh so he's going to be under contract for a couple more seasons also um yeah he's going to be under contract possibly for the next three years if the hawks pick up the last year of the team option so a couple of uh years at two and a half million for fernando so definitely not bad contracts there or anything and uh yeah, just some more more depth, not as big of a depth piece as Sadiq Bay, but they're definitely some uh, valuable pieces and they could um like help them more than Holiday and Kaminsky were helping them because I mean Holiday was just out of the rotation completely and Kaminsky was only playing if one of the centers were hurt, which that's gonna be what Fernando's doing. And I think there's a better chance of Garrison Matthews getting some real minutes than there were with Holiday and his like the last like month or so. I mean, he's just barely been playing. So it's they're getting I think upgrades on both guys. You do have to pay the price of those two second round picks, but we're going to need to get into it again. Like it just, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, them I, picks. I, yeah. I mean, I really, I really don't care. Um, so good. Yeah. Good moves and they save money. So, I mean, seems just like, you know, if you're putting yourself in the Hawks shoes, Landry Fields, Tony wrestler, all those, all the guys in the front office. And if you're Landry Fields, you know, Tony wrestler's not going to pay the tax and you're trying to improve the team. I mean, this is probably the one of the best outcomes you could get. I mean, Bay, he's a young guy, 23 years old. He's got another year of of, of his contract, and he's got some uh, potential to improve. You add him to the depth, and he's going to be in the rotation, and then you get rid of Justin Holiday's contract, and you kind of upgrade on those two guys also. And all you have to do is give up some second-round picks. Like, seems like a pretty pretty solid deadline to me. Um, I think we both knew that the Hawks weren't going to do nothing crazy unless it involved uh, John Collins or Bogey. So we can talk about them too now because they are here to stay, um, at least for now, until the offseason rolls around. I'm sure 
Um, I know, I know bogey could be a free agent if he opts out, but I'm sure the Collins stuff will reemerge in the off season. Um, Cause they weren't able to get a deal done this time, but John Collins doesn't get traded. Bogey doesn't get traded. Um, just yeah. On its face right there. What do you think of just not dealing with those guys? Cause I think it's a good move um, long-term and short-term, honestly. So yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. I think it's a good move. If you want to compete and you want to stay good now. Um, definitely. Uh, I was just waiting for the, for the John Collins here is here to stay tweet. Um, I mean, I knew it was coming. So, you know, I, I like Collins, man. He's, he, uh, you know, he's gone through a lot, like just being in so many trade rumors. I know it's got to be exhausting. Um, so, so kind of having that security that you're going to be here and you're here to stay, um, you know, ho- hopefully that kind of helps his mental a little bit and translates to the floor. Um, as far as bogey, like you said, he's not having the best year. I think he ends up opting in because, you know, he's, he's, he got, he got signed to a pretty good deal, uh, uh, what two three years ago um but yeah i mean i really hope this depth just you know translates and, and really helps this team i think um you know i think we're gonna have a good run man you know you look up and down the roster and we've got depth now and uh you know i'm, I'm excited to see what, what we do after the all-star break um so yeah yeah i just want to um i just want to compete man like getting that top six would be great. It's, it's still super tight in the East and um, you know, the East actually got worse with the nets dropping. And so there's an opportunity here. Um, and I, I think it's a go. I think you're going to, I didn't like how they, um, you know, all these rumors swirling, you know, gonna, gonna, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just glad they, they re-upped the bench and, and, and let the guys know that they're here to stay and, and let's go, man. This is the roster it's set. So uh Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be the team unless they somehow get a buyout guy, which I don't think they're going to do. Um, most of those guys want to go to like they're going to go to not saying the Hawks aren't a contender. They could be, but probably to like one of the top, top teams like Russell Westbrook or John Wall. Like, I, I don't think the Hawks could use those guys anyway, but no. they're probably not going to Atlanta's probably not their desired place. So this will most likely be the roster for the rest of the season. And I mean, the roster's still good. And it's a lot better with Collins and even bogey. Like you just said, he's kind of struggled at times, but I still think he's an overall positive for the offense. And like, I mean, if they traded Collins, like they, like there's just no world where you're better. Like I, because they're probably, there's probably going to be picks coming back and that's just not going to improve the team now at all. So I'm glad they kept Collins at least for now. And um, hopefully this team get hot with them. And uh, yeah, it kind of echo everything you said that I just, I, I need them getting the top six. I think, and I think a lot of people around the organization need them to as well, especially Nate McMillan, because I feel like if they're in the play-in again and barring them going on a run out of the play-in, I think it might be uh, be it for Nate. So I, especially yeah. him, they need to get into the top six, and it's definitely possible. Um, so, yeah, one more one more thing to touch on before we uh, move on to the games. Uh, this probably should talk about this a week or two ago, but Trey didn't make the all-star team. And then he didn't make it as an injury replacement either. Um, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but he probably should have made it. Um, but me personally, I think it's kind of a good thing that he didn't make it. I think he kind of needs a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And he's been playing a lot better lately since it got announced that he didn't make it. So maybe there's something to that. But uh, yeah, uh, what do you, you get, got any little thoughts on Trey not making it, even though I think he probably should be on the team? Yeah, I mean, he definitely should be an all-star, man. Like, especially as a reserve, like with all these injuries happening, um, you know, it sucks, but, you know, keep, keep the underrated, keep that, uh, you know, keep that slogan going. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it, man. Trey, Trey's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. That's, that's when he's the best. Um, so, you know, it sucks, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. 
um, you know, last time, last time we didn't make all-star team Eastern conference, uh, finals. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we yeah. see a little repeat. Yeah. Maybe that's just what you needed. Cause I mean, the Hawks weren't playing kind of the same story that year too. Then mm-hmm. things started to heat up after that. So maybe there's something to it. Um, but, uh, and it's probably a good thing too. I know, I think the only guy on the entire team that's going to be participating in any all-star stuff is AJ Griffin. He's going to be in the rising stars game, but it's probably for the best that these guys just rest up. So I'm, I'm fine with that too. Of them just like having a few days off. I'm sure a lot of them need it. It's, uh, it's been tough for some of these guys this year. And it's like, you can kind of tell like bogey could probably really use the break. Capella hasn't looked as physical lately. So AJ Griffin probably does too. Cause he's like never really played this much basketball in his entire life. So mm-hmm. same with Jalen Johnson probably do like all the younger guys also, they probably use it. So that's coming up. And uh, yeah, we can move on now to the actual games that happened this week. So uh, first game was in New Orleans against the Pelicans to wrap up that uh, long West Coast trip. So they had to stop in New Orleans on their way back to Atlanta and uh, didn't go great. They lose 116 to 107 in this one. They had a pretty good first half on offense, I thought. They had 35 points in the first quarter, kind of tailed off a little bit in the second with 24, but they're still overall solid. But uh, the second half, things just went awry. Uh, They got down pretty big in the second half. Um, I think they ended up being down by as many as 16 points. Uh, so things just really fell apart. And, I mean, not super surprising as as it was the last leg of that long road trip. So I'm sure they were probably absolutely gassed, ready to be home. But um, still, I mean, the Pelicans without Zion was a winnable game. Um, but, yeah, definitely not a disaster of a loss either. So what do, what do, you, what do you think about this one? Yeah, not much. I want to I touch on the first half a little bit. Uh, Bogey had 13. He looked good. Uh, Trey had 12 assists at halftime. So, um, yeah. you know, he was he was dishing the ball out, you know, getting getting the team teammates involved. Um, but we had no no answer for Brandon Ingram. He had 18 and a half like dude was just absolutely going off. Um, yeah. Uh, you know. Kind of kind of like you said, kind of ran out of gas in this game. I think DeAndre Hunter was awful. Like, yes, he was by far the worst <laughs> player on this team uh, that night. And I think he ended up going over nine from the field. Just yep. just terrible terrible game for him uh you know i think once once he started off like oh for seven i, I would have got him out the game man like plug somebody else in like he just did not have it that night it wasn't his night so um you know if 100 plays better we win this game uh, i i'll stand by that um but i also want to touch on trey like he was he was playing very weird this game like every time he drove in he he would just like avoid contact like he was not going in for contact trying to draw fouls anything um he just looked very timid and you know that kind of showed he only had six free throws that that night and it was just a really weird game for him um but yeah like this game kind of sucked losing the pelicans because you end up going two and three on the road road trip um but uh but yeah it was it was a long road trip so getting back home not a bad thing um yeah that's pretty much all i've got on the pelicans game yeah, I mean, Trey, he did finish with 16 assists, which is a, a lot of assists. He's had a ton of assists lately. Um, but, yeah, he, he was a great shooting the ball um, in this one, 4-14, 2 of 8 from 3, finished with 16 points and 16 assists, which that's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, just wasn't the second half. I mean, things just kind of fell apart. And I really think that was just – I mean, they, they probably had tired legs. And, I mean, they, they, ran out, they ran out of gas. Like, and the Pelicans, even without Zion, are still solid. Um you know, Ingram, like you said, was really good. He had 30 points. CJ McCollum had 21. 
Um, and then you got like the pests off the bench, like my guy, Jose Alvarado, Georgia tech legend, mm-hmm. you know, just absolutely being a pest out there, which, you know, I, I love it, but not against the Hawks, but uh, yeah, this was tough game, but not a super surprising result when you take into account the end of the road trip and all that. So we can uh, move on now to the Phoenix game, which I got to say these, these, uh these next two games and the game tonight against the Hornets, probably the easiest three game stretch of the season for the Hawks. I'd say um, Phoenix is good, but the night before at like 1am, they traded for Kevin Durant and that included McCaw Bridges heading out, um, Cam Johnson heading out and Devin Booker was uh doing like some load management. So he didn't play at all in this game. So the Hawks were, I believe eight point favorites in this one. Yeah, eight-point favorites at home against the Suns. Super shorthanded. I mean, they still have Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, who are good. And some of the other guys, Josh Kogi, another Georgia Tech legend. Awesome in this game. He's probably the best player on the Suns. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Hawks kind of took care of business in this one. They won by nine, uh, had a huge first quarter, outscored the, the Suns by uh, 14 points. Phoenix kind of uh, wiggled their way back into the game later on, um, especially in the fourth. Like, the Hawks really had a hard time really putting this one away. It like seemed like they could really just go uh, uh go and um and blow them out, but it just didn't happen. But they did enough to um hold them off and win by nine. But uh yeah, good game overall. Uh, even though they didn't play probably their best, but a win is a win at the end of the day. But uh Trey, I thought he had a really good game in this one, outside yeah. of the turnovers, which were a bit of an issue. I see a nine of them. That's just too many. You can kind of live with him having a few because he's just ha- has the ball so much and is doing so much passing, but. Nine turnovers is a bit too much, but he had 36 and 12 and had the highest plus minus on the team. So pretty good game for him. So yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, we just out-rebounded the Suns, like 59 to 35. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, Ayton had two rebounds. Yeah, uh, that was wild. He had zero for a very long time in that game. Yeah, Capella and Okongu went crazy on the boards with 17 and 11. Um, that's where that game was won that night. Uh, Trey almost had a triple-double. Um so, so he looked fantastic, man. His assists have been going crazy lately. Like, yeah, he, he, the minimum is ten right now. That's that's the line, and uh, you know, he just looks really good dishing the ball. He was super efficient that night. Um, and I just want to play Phoenix every night. Like, maybe not now. Now they got KD and some other guys, but <laughs> uh, we kind of own the Suns, man. Yeah, we played. I mean, our only two games gets them came like a, within a week of each other, and we handled them both times pretty good. So, yeah. If it's Hawks Suns in the finals. I feel good about it. I don't know about you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, a couple years ago, a couple years ago, that's what I wanted. You know, get, yeah, get it was, the it was very close to happening. Yeah, it almost happened, man. I I knew we would we could beat them, and uh, you know, it didn't happen. We didn't end up facing them, but uh, yeah, we got the Suns number right now. So uh, yeah, looking good. Yeah, and um, John Collins. I want to give him a shout out. We talked about him earlier, but he had a pretty good game um, after like probably walking on eggshells all day. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he might get traded. He had a bunch of dunks early on, like some like real nasty ones too. Like it was a really good performance for him, especially in the first half. He kind of teared off in the second half as well, but I thought he was good in the first half and he came out fired up and uh, that was good to see. Yeah. So yeah, we, we can move on to the Spurs game now. And uh, this one, I was, I will say this, if the Hawks would have lost this game, it might've been the worst loss of the season. Uh, <laughs> the Spurs are terrible. And and the Hawks were at home. I believe the Spurs had lost 11 straight heading into this one, which is just like hard to do on, on its own. Like you, you can't just run into one of 11 games in a row. But uh, yeah, it uh, 
did yeah this is a bad Spurs team bad Spurs team and they have a lot of injuries too um so they were shorthanded on top of everything else but the Hawks took care of business they win by 19 even though it really wasn't that close for the first half at halftime they're only up by one point which was pretty concerning uh but they were uh able to bounce back the second half play very well in the third quarter as they outscored them 32 to 17 just a dreadful offensive quarter for the Spurs <laughs> only putting up 17 after they were pretty good in the first half but uh yeah, I mean, I don't want to give the Hawks too much credit because the Spurs might be the worst team in the league, but I mean, they did what they had to do and they beat the Spurs. So yeah, what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, it was a phenomenal game. I think uh, for the offense, the starting lineup was awesome. Every every starter had 14 yeah. um, and, and Trey was phenomenal, man. He had 24 points, 17 assists. Um, you know, that, that's that's hard to top right his, there. Tied his career high, I think, in assists with 17. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, that's... Yeah. That's phenomenal. Every every starter was in the plus. Um, everybody but Dejounte was in, in over over plus twenty. So uh, just complete dominance, really. Um, yeah, the Spurs are bad. Uh, it was pretty cool to see Dejounte playing against the Spurs again. He, I know he was a little emotional. Um, you know, you know, but but that was really cool for him to play his team so well, his old his former team. Um, but yeah, not much to this game, man. Like uh, you know, the Spurs are bad. And, and the Hawks took care of business. You know, that, that that's really the bottom line here. Just very efficient basketball. Yeah. I mean, the starters were awesome. Um, the bench, not so much. Bogey was pretty good um, offensively, at least. I don't think he looked, he wasn't very good defensively, but he was a uh, five of nine from the field, made all of his, all three of his three point attempts. So that's always good. But AJ Griffin, Jalen Johnson, the Kongwu, all three of them were kind of shaky in this one. Mm-hmm. Um but it didn't matter because the, the starters were so good and Bogey did enough to to kind of anchor it. And they, they went by 19 and that's what they're supposed to do against the Spurs team. So, uh, yeah, we can we can move on now and talk about the the Hornets game tonight, which not as easy of a game, uh, but because it's in Charlotte, but still a game that the Hawks should absolutely win, in my opinion. Uh, the Hornets are on a seven game losing streak of their own. So they're running into teams at the perfect time. It seems like between Spurs, Suns, and now the Hornets, they're all just scuffling. Um, I think, yeah, Collins and Bogey are both questionable tonight. So that that could uh, play into things here. But if they end up playing, I mean, right now the Hawks are six-point favorites. If Collins and Bogey end up playing, I'll imagine that'll bump up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, they really need to win this game. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. So, yeah, give us your preview besides uh, – they have to win because I feel like they have to win this game. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Um, we we know exactly what happened last time we played the Hornets. Uh, I don't want to get too 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 much into that kind of kind of sore spot still. Um, but yeah, four and two in February right now for the Hawks. Uh, you know, got to beat this this bad team in the in the Hornets, especially they got a couple key key players out tonight. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I want to keep it rolling. Um, hopefully we get to see Sadiq Bay tonight. Uh, hopefully he'll, he'll he'll get some minutes if because I know he's been kind of practicing with the team, kind of just waiting around to see if he could, you know, that was, that was a pretty awkward situation. Not gonna lie, um, yeah. But but yeah, hopefully they can they can get him some minutes tonight and and get him a little bit comfortable, you know, especially on the road. I think it'll be a nice environment, um, you know, to get some to get some minutes for him. Yeah, I'd be looking forward to that also. And uh, yeah, Charlotte, they are dead last or they're tied for last with the Pistons in the East. Um, they just trade away uh, the plum dog, Mason Plumley, who has actually been playing pretty well for them. Yeah. Uh, so, and like you said, they're out, they have a few guys out tonight. Uh, Kelly Oubre's out. Um, 
I think I don't I think no Lamelo is playing, um, but still they are not good. And this is a game where the Hawks need to win. And right now in the standings, the Hawks are a game and a half out of seventh behind the Knicks, and they are three games behind the Heat for six. So, uh, not a huge gap, but still a a real gap between them and the six seed. And uh, I know we talked about it last week a little bit, but they got two games back to back against the Heat coming up in a week or so, or a couple of weeks, I think. Um, so those will be very important games, and uh, yeah, it's obtainable. They can they can get there, and maybe uh, maybe this will be the start of a good streak. If they win this one, they'll be three in a row, and they they can rattle some off and get a uh, get, get out of the play in. That's just what I want. That's my one ask: get out of the play in. Yeah, I have a uh, I have one more thing on the Hawks. Um, they just announced the player of the week uh, for Eastern the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, Derek White won it. Um, I thought Trey was a was a big candidate to win it after his amazing week, like assist wise and, and and just being efficient. Like he he went twenty five points, four and a half rebounds, fifteen assists, and one point three steals. Um, shot forty five percent from the field, forty three percent from three, and ninety six percent from the line. Uh, Derek White, his numbers: twenty four and a half points, five rebounds, and seven and a half assists. So. Trey Young quite literally beat him in every single category and did not win player of the week. So uh, that sucks. <laughs> Just keep underrating him. Uh, you know, keep, yeah. keep, keep doubting him. And uh, it's our revenge tour. So let's go. Yeah, hopefully maybe this is just more uh, fuel to the fire for him after the all-star stuff too. Uh, I'm looking at now, Derek White had like, he had a monster game against the Hornets this week um, where he made eight threes. So I think that's what got him. He had 33 and 10 and made eight threes against the Hornets. So I think that won it for him. But uh, yeah, I mean, Trey, he did have a lot of, like he, he probably had about 50 assists this week. <laughs> so yeah. it, uh, yeah, it, it could have been easily Trey, but uh, Trey just keeps getting snubbed, but hey, the league hates Trey, man. I don't understand oh. it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But uh yeah, we can uh, we can move on now. I think that's enough Hawks talk. We uh, had a lot to talk about with them this week, so maybe next week we'll be made some ground up on the Heat and maybe even past the Knicks. I know we have a game with the Knicks coming up too, so yeah, we can uh, talk about this last order of business. Um, it's about the Braves. Uh, well, actually, today players uh, are reporting, pitchers and catchers. There's mandatory to report, and I know Rod Acuna, Ozzy Albies, a couple other guys reported early too. Some position players, which is um, good to see, but it was, all the World Baseball Classic rosters were announced, and uh, at the last second, Ronald Acuna is playing for Venezuela, which I'm very excited for. Um, I think that's going to be awesome that he gets to play. At first, I think the Braves said no, that he couldn't play uh, just because of the injury risk, but it appears that he's feeling good enough and healthy enough, which is an awesome sign to, so that he's able to play in this. And uh, some other guys that are playing, Eddie Rosario is playing for Puerto Rico, which I'm also interested in. Uh, my guy, Chadwick Trump, the tropical storm, is playing for the Netherlands. Uh, so good for him. And then Alan Rangel or Ron Hell. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, I don't know if there's a where the accent sat on that one, but my apologies, Alan. But he's playing for Mexico, and he's a minor league arm for the Braves. Uh, so he he gets to play for his country. That's pretty cool um, for all for all these guys getting to play for their countries. But yeah, what do you think about really just um, Acuna and Eddie are the big ones that they're getting to play. Um, cause they're going to be a big part of the team this year. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was really excited when it was announced that Ronald got the, was getting to play in it. So what do you, what'd you think about it? Yeah, I feel the same way, man. I'm, I'm so hyped. He, he's, he's going to be able to play. Um, you know, I think, I think he really has pride 
in Venezuela and, and representing his country. Um, and, and I'm all for it, man. Like, let him, let him play. Let him have a good time. Uh, you know, keep Ronald happy. Keep me happy. Everybody's happy. So, uh, yeah, I'm super hyped about this. I, I, I've been hearing, like, it seems like we've been talking about the WBC for like three months now. And I'm yeah. just like, all right, when does this start? When does it start? Like, we're getting closer to the, the MLB regular season. When does it start? I just, you know, <laughs> the timeline is just so weird for this. Um, but I'm, like I'm a super week pumped. and a half. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think it starts like the 27th or something. So um, that's actually two weeks from now. Uh, yeah. No, this is going to be, this is going to be legit because you got Dominican yeah. Republic, Venezuela stacked, like USA is stacked. And then, um, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have some, you have some fun teams in there, like Netherlands, yeah. like, um, Netherlands is always fun because they got all the Curacao guys. I wish Ozzy was playing. That'd be cool if he was playing for the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be super excited. I can't wait to watch it. And, uh, you know, hopefully our guys can show out and, you know, represent their country, man. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm actually really looking forward to watching Eddie play because I think he could need he could he could use it. Uh, just kind of get a little jump start to the season. I'm sure this is, I mean, the intensity of this is way higher than spring training. So maybe if you can get going, work at all the kinks in the world baseball classic, when the regular season comes around, you're like, it's like pretty much like two weeks in and you're hot. So if like yeah. Eddie and Ronald can get hot in the world baseball classic and turn around to keep it going to the season, I think that could be great. And Eddie just getting more reps. I mean, he, we all know he had a really rough year last year. So I think that could definitely do him some good. And uh, he played in the last one too for puerto rico so not a huge surprise there um, but yeah i'm excited for it a lot of but a lot of fun teams i know otani's playing for japan japan is a good team too they got a lot of big leaguers that'll be really fun to see otani i wonder how they're gonna handle him if he's gonna do it all or if i wonder if the angels have any problems with him <laughs> pitching and hitting um, yeah they got a pitch count on him <laughs> yeah I'll, probably a lot of teams do on their pitchers pitching is the weird thing about this um, there's not as many star pitchers as you would think because it's just it's it's different than hitting. You got to ramp up and all that stuff. But I know uh, Sandy's playing for the DR. That's 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 good. There's a, a lot of guys in the USA team that are good. Too. I know Kershaw's in it. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, definitely more fun than watching spring training games. So I'm looking forward to that because I, I honestly I hate spring training. Like it's cool for like the first couple days that everybody's back, but then it gets old really quick. And I think it should be probably a little bit shorter. But it's it's gonna be um, good to watch this instead of just watching the half squad games against the Red Sox or whatever they do. And it's just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, no. but uh, yeah, but yeah, definitely excited for, for that. And uh, yeah, excited for the season. Uh, pretty cool. Like this is like, this is where spring training is cool. Like today where you get to see everybody, everybody's like working out. Uh, this is best shape of your life season. Bunch of, bunch of reporters and be saying, Oh, this guy's in the best shape of his life. I heard that sentence by Johan Camargo for about three years in a row. Never <laughs> happened. Uh, so we'll see who, who's on best shape their life watch <laughs> coming into this one. Uh, but uh, yeah, you got any uh, final thoughts on this before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I got one thing. Uh, everybody, if you haven't already, watch the Michael Harris documentary. It's, it's only about 15, 20 minutes. It is awesome. Um, it really takes you through like him, him growing up in Stockbridge and, and like travel ball. Like you really just get that, that feel of, uh, you know, you're, you're super connected to him because we all grew up playing travel ball, baseball, hanging out with your friends, your buddies. And then to see him actually translate to the game so fast and, and so rapidly, 
Um, I thought it was just really, really cool to to watch, and I recommend everybody just uh, you know taking a few minutes out of your day and and watching that because it's a really, really cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, actually, so I need to check that out also. I'll probably check that out uh, tonight or something, but um, I've been meaning to get around to it, but haven't yet, so I definitely need to watch that. Uh, love Michael Harris. He's uh, yeah. lived live very close to us where we grew up at, so pretty cool that how far he's made it. And um, Yeah, I, know, I think you said you used to play against him back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he played on the Yard Dogs. Like, that was our rival, dude. And, uh, I mean, you could even tell back then. Like, he was obviously not as big. But he was just so like gifted, like you could tell, man. Like, and and he just got better and better. Um, I obviously didn't play him in high school or anything. Um, but but he was a pitcher and a hitter. Like, dude could do it both. Like, he wasn't even he wasn't even being uh, evaluated for for his ability, like in the field. Like, he was he was a pitcher, pitching prospect, and so it was just really cool to see how he developed. Um, but yeah, man, we used to play we used to play travel ball together, like. He knows he knows a bunch of a uh, bunch of guys that I, that I grew up with, and it was really cool. Like we, we we never knew each other, you know, personally or anything. But uh, but yeah, just just sharing the field with him is is pretty cool to say. Yeah, definitely. And he is a monster now, which is <laughs> pretty pretty wild. I'm sure a bunch of guys had similar stories when Jason Hayward got called up. Um, mm-hmm. He went to Henry County High, so yeah, and. I mean, Michael Harris, like he's he was absurd last year, and he could definitely do it again. So, yeah, definitely cool how far he's come and all that. And I'll definitely check out that documentary, uh, and I think everybody else should too because I've seen the trailer for it. looks very well uh, put together, good quality, all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely uh, going to check that out. Everybody else should too. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we covered it all. We uh, got all the Hawk stuff. Little Braves news is that we could slide in. Uh, that's all we got. Things are still – uh, very, very cold in baseball, but things are starting to heat up now with spring training, world baseball, classic, all that good stuff. So yeah, I think we, we got it all. So if you made it uh, this far listening, uh, really, 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 really appreciate it. And, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. 